Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by F1 TV Pro. The F1 season is starting up again and there are so many races on the horizon. So many tracks all over the world, so many podiums to try and secure, so much impending anxiety for my beloved Ferrari. We're going to win it this year, right guys? And with F1 TV Pro, you'll never miss a moment. It's completely ad-free and includes live feeds of every practice and qualifying session, F1 sprint events, Grand Prix, and exclusive behind-the-scenes content with driver onboard cameras, team radios and in-depth data. Even better, this year you can completely customize your race weekend around your schedule. With the new mobile-friendly design, you can get all the race action wherever you are in the world and across multiple devices. Whether you're watching on the go, settling in with popcorn to watch live, or you're looking for some more deep-dive content to keep you up to date through the week, F1 TV Pro has got you covered. Sign up today to F1 TV Pro for an unmissable 2024 season. everybody and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. And just for audio listeners, I want to let you know, Tommy did not wave, not even with one hand, not even with two hands, zero hands. Tommy did not wave to you today. Why, Tommy? Give me a reason. I'm depressed about leg and side since weekend and it's really oh. affected me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, my friend. We can talk about it very shortly. Don't worry. Um, before we get into it, I need to share a five-star review from Alex22F1. If you want yours to be read out, please leave us a five-star review. Let us know why you love this podcast, and we might read it out next time. This one comes in from Alex, as I say, and says, I absolutely love this show to chill to and hear your opinions on F1, and it is just so enjoyable having a podcast like a friend. Aww. Aww. Oh, I've got a friend. Yay. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Thank you, Alex. And to chill to as well. I know there are some of you that will probably be listening to this podcast whilst falling asleep, which people tell me this when I meet them at races. They go, oh, I fall asleep to the podcast. I'm like, that's not a good thing. That's what Max said was a bad energetic. thing. That's what Max Verstappen said, why he didn't like podcasts, because they make him fall asleep. Wow. But people like it. But, but that's what people like, apparently. So. And when we want to get Max Verstappen on the podcast, we're going to have to say, would he like to come on p1 yes we promised it's not uh, would you like to come on a conversation with matt and tommy a conversation exactly (laughs) a filmed recorded convo a filmed recorded convo there you go boom right let's let's send the email now anyway let's dive into it now shall we and start with logan Sargent. Uh uh-oh started in the pit lane did not finish Right, cover your ears, Tommy. I know you're a big Logie Sarge fan, but it's going to be a whopping one out of ten for Logan Sargent this week. Might even seem slightly on the uh, you know generous side, but um, I'm giving him a one because he's a rookie and we have been given out zeros. Uh, he had an absolute shocker. He hit the uh, the wall in qualifying, a, a, a mistake that it just isn't even really forgivable in my opinion. He loses the car a little bit, but what does he do in Q1? He keeps his foot in tries to keep it going, goes on the grass and smashes into the wall, which then causes his team to then build too much of a third car, which then gave him a 10-second penalty before he'd even started the race. Uh, And then, if that wasn't enough, 
He was fighting Bottas, which, you know, look at Logie Bear going side by side with a car, but then locks up so aggressively and smashes Bottas into the gravel. Now, as well, Logan, I believe, was was surprised that Bottas tried to go around the outside considering the lockup. I'm like, my friend, he cannot see you locking up when he's to the right and going for a move. Your front left is locking up. Unless Bottas has got some sixth sense about him and maybe a little sniff sounds weird, but you know, like you can smell the rubber. He wouldn't have had a clue. Yeah, I've also gone for a, a one out of 10 for Logan Sargent simply because it can't really get much worse than crashing in, qualifying and crashing in the race. I mean, it's getting pretty bad now for, for Logan. That uh, the, the thing that sticks with me from that race is the, the shots of the mechanics when he put it in the wall looked absolutely dejected thinking I've got to rebuild this car for tomorrow um and they did that and then he smashed into another car and broke it again and James Vowles has said as well kind of made comments about the fact that it's costing them because they're they don't want to over make spare parts but they're having to because uh otherwise Logan's going to be starting the race with sat on the grid with just a front wing in front of him and have no car because he's running out of <laughs> parts. So uh, it's actually getting to the point now where it's affecting Williams's progress and you wonder how much time he'll have left. And that's the thing, right? I genuinely believe Logan would get away with it and stay for next year if he was just slow. Yes, so do But I. unfortunately, he's not being just slow. He's taking money out of the pot that Williams need to develop a car for next year and, and, and moving forward, rather than, as you say, creating parts for a car that he keeps crashing. Yeah. Alex Albon is doing an exceptional job this year, and you'd kind of forgive him for it. I still think he should be scoring points, but uh, even if he didn't, uh, just get rid of all the crashes, and I think he would probably just save the drive from the skin of his teeth, and they give him the benefit of the doubt going, you know what, we'll give you another chance, see if you can improve uh, build and then we can't use the rookie excuse anymore but oh it's not looking good for him at all certainly isn't Alex Albon now started 13th finished DNF difficult one but I've gone for a 6 out of 10 for Alex uh, it's really hard to judge because he was an unfortunate um, passenger I guess in, in a in a first corner incident if you like um, where a lot it happened a lot throughout the field where uh Suzuka's a very thin circuit compared to modern uh with very wide Formula One cars now and uh kind of four doesn't go into into one in these situations and Albon uh proper his car proper like flew in the air if you look at some of the, the stills from it. So um decent qualifying, maybe could have done more um, but it's a it's a hard one to judge, um, but he's done a fairly decent job, so 6 out of 10. I'm going to go with a 5 out of 10, just purely because it is very difficult to, to grade, and you know it's not like he set the world alight in qualifying, and then you can't judge him after he was yeeted in the air and then his car was suffering with porpoising, um, so the race was, was over for Alex, so, so not much more to, to add to that. Liam Lawson now started 11th, finished 11th. I am going to lock in an 8 out of 10 for Liam for this weekend. Uh, it was impressive. And the, the main thing for me, the main takeaway, is that we had a Liam Lawson versus Yuki Tsunoda fight. And Liam Lawson won. 
especially that first lap battle, that was quite something to behold and almost a, a statement of intent from Liam where they, go, they were basically going side by side for the entirety of the first sector and then he just lunges up the inside into the Degners. Beautiful, lovely stuff from Liam and just shows he's not scared to not only put in some consistent uh, performances but also get your elbows out on your own teammate. Um, obviously just missed out on points, but he was 25 plus seconds behind 10th. It wasn't like Alpha Tauri were, were anywhere close to, to scoring points, but still another impressive performance from Liam. And it's hard to believe that he only stepped in in Zandvoort. Yeah, I've gone for an eight out of 10 as well. It was a, a very impressive performance from Lawson. Like you said, actually, that we've we've praised him for his kind of consistency, if you like, but this race showed that he's willing to get stuck in as well. And that first... Um, that first lap, you know, you have to get that right. You can't be making a mistake and locking up and going into the side of your teammate because it's absolute disaster. Um, and I do wonder how much um, was maybe a little bit of like, I'm going to show that AlphaTauri made the wrong choice here uh, and really, you know, went for Yuki at the start, super aggressive. Um, seemed like Yuki had maybe even the be the better strategy and, and Lawson... It kind of he got undercut, and then uh, and then undercut Yuki back. So they were very close, but uh, it's I think Lawson uh, had the edge in the the kind of the race. So a great job. Yuki Tsunoda now started ninth, finished twelfth. Gone for a seven out of ten for Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, would be an eight if he finished out of Lawson, but he didn't. Uh, he had a great qualifying. Uh, which was very impressive. And he did finish kind of where his car, uh, probably as much as he could have hoped other than being ahead of his teammate. So that's why it's one less grade than Lawson. Yeah, I've gone for a seven out of 10 as well. Uh, same sort of reasoning as you there, Tommy. I think in, in normal circumstances, if it's two you know, teammates that have been doing the whole season together, I would give them probably the same grade because Snowder was right behind Lawson at the end of the race. But have to take into account some kind of circumstance here and where Lawson currently is in his learning journey in Formula One. Um, yeah, as you mentioned as well on the Lawson point, uh, Tommy, that Yuki actually had the undercut originally uh, on Lawson. And that in itself is an opportunity for him, if he has all this extra pace, to clear off and not be undercut then by Lawson later in the race. But Lawson stayed within about one and a half, two seconds the entire time at that undercut had had happened and then Lawson got him back and fair play to AlphaTauri for giving him that opportunity as well to do that. You don't tend to see teams give the other teammate behind the preferential strategy or the undercut as we call it. It's usually the, the driver in front that then gets the undercut or whatever. But uh, to be fair, both strategies were viable in the sense of overcuts were quite important later on in the race when you had slightly fresher tyres as we saw, you know, for example... Um, I mean, George Russell wasn't really an undercut overcut situation, but you could see the, the level of, of wear that the tyres were having uh, at the Japanese Grand Prix. But um, yeah, it's not a bad race from Yuki, but I'm sure it'll annoy him a little bit that Lawson beat him in a fair fist fight. Um, so yeah, sorry, Tommy, to say that out loud. Nico Hulkenberg now started 18th, finished 14th. I have gone for a 5 out of 10 uh, for Nico Hulkenberg. It's just really, really difficult to have any opinions or emotions about Haas because they are so washed. The fact that he had to do a three-stopper 
is is frightening um, to say the least. And it's it's just hard. You don't, don't you don't know who you can't compare him to anyone, especially with Kema getting yeeted. It's just like he's one of the slowest cars to to finish ahead of his teammate, basically. So five out of ten. There's nothing special about any of it. Yeah, I've gone for a five out of ten as well. It's just so hard to to judge Haas. Um, I actually just checked where they are in the constructors' championship because I couldn't remember, and it's actually a kind of minor miracle that they are <laughs> eighth and not dead last because they finished last in this in this race uh, of the finishers, both of them, uh, and they just fall back. You know, um, the reason I think it, it, it's a five this week, uh, even even though. You know, it's it's very hard to judge. Is that they maybe didn't have their their usual qualifying heroics uh, that we sometimes see, and then they slip back. They were just rubbish all weekend. They certainly were. Kevin Magnussen started fifteenth, finished fifteenth. Gone for a six out of ten for K Mag, just one higher than uh, Hulkenberg, just because I was impressed that uh, he proved me wrong that he wasn't washed in qualifying and actually. Uh, beat <laughs> beat Hulkenberg, which is no mean feat. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you could argue the only reason he finished behind uh, Hulkenberg was because he got smashed into by uh, Sergio Perez. So uh, just a slightly higher grade than his teammate, but it's not it's not a it's not a high six. It's just a, a six. <laughs> just. Matter how high or low it exactly. is, it's still the number. I agree, actually, Tommy. I was going to give him a five, but you've persuaded me to give him a six just purely from the fact that he was better than, than Nico in, in qualifying and also ahead of him, as you say, until until he got dive-bombed from many, many car lengths back. And, um, yeah, it's just such a shame because he was, I think, on a slightly different strategy to, to Nico, who had pit a little bit earlier than him. But by the time he managed to actually turn around his car, Nico had passed him after making a pit stop. So that just kind of shows how much time that he lost. Uh, and as well, I think that had just been around the safety car period as well. So it just basically had the worst time to be yeeted uh, in a race. So unfortunate for K-Mag, but you still get a six out of 10. So hopefully he'll be able to sleep at night with that amazing grade from the P1 lads. Lance Stroll now started 17th, finished DNF. I've gone for a five out of 10 for Lance Stroll. He wasn't absolutely horrendous this weekend, but I mean, his uh, qualifying really set him back quite aggressively. But he had a good first lap. He avoided the chaos. He was up to 11th with thinking, ooh, maybe something. But then his rear wing was basically falling off. Um, so, yeah, his pace wasn't too bad. But I'm not going to be getting excited over a 5 out of 10 for Lance. Like, that's just straight down the middle. Like, you know, well done, Lance. You, you weren't horrendous and qualified 20th and finished 20th. I've gone for a four out of 10 uh, because he's Ooh, 17th uh, in qualifying is still pretty bad. Hey, it's we not... wait it towards the race, Tommy. Qualifying's only a tiny bit of seasoning here. I remember. know, true. But when you're not finishing the race, that's kind of a lot of what you can judge him on. And He was only 10 uh, seconds off your goat when he, when he retired. All right, only 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, his qualifying was so abysmal. I know he got got up through the field but he's not hmm you're convincing me that it should be a five now yeah okay we'll go for a five okay good. i didn't actually yeah, there you go Look, I, 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 i'm fans learning out there you can yeah. you can message me and say you're welcome 
Yeah, um, middle of the welcome. road. No, you can say thank you and I'll say you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm looking more of it from my source 17th and DNF. But yeah, if you look more into his race, um, he was yeah, running a little bit, a bit higher. I watched every single lap of Lance Stroll's POV. You know, I needed to Did get you? that data. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking <laughs> of watching every lap from a POV, Fernando Alonso now started 10th, finished 8th. Tommy, what insights do you have to give for Fernando? This is difficult, but I've gone for an eight, maybe delusionally, but I do still feel like he's getting the best out of what now looks to be a bit of a tractor. Um, like it, do, it does seem like Aston Martin have now slipped back to exactly where they were this time last year, where they can get um, the odd point um, here and there, and the kind of not even high points now, the the, the low points. They don't seem like they're even anywhere near that fight uh, for P2 uh, between McLaren, Mercedes and Ferrari now. They're dropping off massively and it just feels like Fernando is just getting what he can and getting solid points out of it. So you can't really fault um, uh, his drive too much because um, it, it looks <laughs> like a difficult car uh, to drive now and it's a, it's a big shame to, to see after the early season heroics and all that hype around them. So yeah, gone for an eight out of 10. I've also gone for an eight out of 10. So you're not delusional. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, just purely because, you know, he kept that Q3 streak going, which is uh, amazing. It genuinely looked like he wasn't going to make it in that Aston Martin. Um, and then to finish eighth, you know, I'm pretty sure that's all he could have really achieved. And um, yeah, I think he was quite happy in the end to beat the Alpines. He was thrown to the Lions a little bit with his strategy as well, pitting so early. Um, he himself said that on the radio. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think he deserves any lower than an eight because uh, we have to take into account that that car really, I don't think really belonged in the points. Fallen off. Uh, or at least maybe finishing 10th would, uh, would have been uh, perhaps like a seven or six. But either or, well done, Fernando. Valtteri Bottas started 16th, finished DNF. Uh, for Bottas, I have gone for a five out of 10 uh, because he, he was unfortunately uh, squeezed by... Ocon uh, into Albon uh, and then basically uh, it, that was the end of his race. Alfa Romeo had the worst lap one of all time. They both had damage and it was just quite sad to see um, that I can't judge Bottas's race anymore because then Sargent decided to send him into the shadow realm. So poor Bottas, another weekend to forget. Yeah, gone for a five out of 10 down the middle. Uh, no, actually I'll go for a six out of 10 because he, he beat Joe quite a bit in qualifying, uh, but it is, a very hard race to judge because a bit like Albon, his race was ultimately over on lap one. Um, but this time he got uh, punted twice, the poor bloke. So we'll go for a six for Bottas. Okie dokie. Joe Guan Yu now started 19th, finished 13th. Gone for a six out of 10 for Joe Guan Yu. Uh, 13th on paper looks pretty good, but actually he's just finished ahead of two pretty washed hasses. Um, and his qualifying wasn't... Uh, wasn't great. Uh, it was quite a way off off Bottas in qualifying, but at least he avoided the the carnage. Um, to at least, I say, it, it at least it didn't it didn't avoid the carnage. He got damage on lap one. I thought he. I was he, he involved came in over that the radio little and said, squeeze. I've got damage. Oh, okay. Um, I I don't trying I'm, to I'm remember sure he pitted or not, but he definitely had damage because both alphas had damage at the end of lap one. Oh, okay. So he also got yeeted, but managed to bring it home i think he drove um, through the uh, the carnage and it was um yeah there was a bit of damage on, on his car 
Okie doke. Uh, well, six out of ten still because, yeah. Yeah, he um, pitted on that one. He pitted on that one. No, he okay. Yes, he did. Yeah, Joe pitted on that one. Yeah. So okay. did Bottas. They both pitted on that one. <laughs> it went, yeah. I mean, Alpha, goodness me. They're, they're another one, actually, that how, how Alpha Romeo and Haas are so far ahead of Alpha Tauri in the Constructors' Championship is beyond me because they are so bad at the moment uh, and doesn't feel like they can get anywhere near the points or have scored points in what feels like forever. So kind of a miracle that they're not, they're not last, really. I've gone for a 5 out of 10 for, for Zhou Guan Yu. Um, now, it looks good on paper, him starting 19th and finishing 13th, but he had an awful qualifying, um, was three tenths off Bottas, and then he literally finished ahead of the two passes. That's the only thing that happened for, for Zhou. Obviously, he had a very difficult start to the race, um, but, yeah, nothing to, to really write home about for, for, for Zhou, so it's going to be a, a 5 out of 10 from me. Oscar Piastri started second, finished third. Third, I've gone for an 8 out of 10 for Oscar Piastri this weekend. Um, as much as, oh my God, he got his first podium. He started second. And bearing in mind, quality was amazing. Don't get me wrong. That's taken into account with this grading. But the race, I don't think it was anywhere near his best race. Uh, the fact that he started second, obviously got beaten off the line by Lando. Some of that was due to the squeezing from Max, but look, he's going for the lead. Fair play, whatever. Loses the position to to Lando. He then gains quite a bit of time uh, through the VSC and getting quite lucky when he was pitting. Um, then was ahead of Lando by five, six seconds um, due to, as well, um, Lando being blocked uh, by uh, by Perez. And for then Lando to pull, well, to, to get right onto the back of him was basically pushing him around the last chicane, asking, right, come on, just let me through, which I don't have any problem with Lando doing that because he was so much quicker. And then Oscar to then be 20 seconds behind his teammate at the end. I'm really happy for him. I think it was a great podium, but I don't think it's any higher than an 8 out of 10. Interesting, because uh, my grade was going to be a 9 out of 10, uh, but I feel like I was going to say I'm going to give him a 9 because I'm using my heart, not my head, but then realistically, uh, if it wasn't his first podium and I'm actually judging his race, I think it is an 8 out of 10 drive because... He's been 100%. Beaten by any Lando. other person, yeah. any other driver get beaten by their teammate by 20 seconds after starting in front of them. Just do it like that. Yeah, exactly. So, to be yeah, fair, it I'm might even be go... a seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think an eight out of 10 is a, is a yeah. fair, fair grade. Um, it's a good drive. He's obviously resisted a little bit of pressure from, from Charles, but I don't think, I don't think that Ferrari was there to, to gain. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a good drive. I'm very happy that he's got his, uh, first podium now it's kind of something that he's kind of you know ticked off his f1 list now uh and and sorted but uh it definitely needs to work out his kind of tired deg struggles um to there's no there's no doubt he's got he's got pace um after what we saw in qualifying um just needs to kind of get it together in the race and and sort that those tired deg issues and then he's not going to be too far behind lando and probably start to challenge Lando. yeah at low deg circuits i think he's fine he's fine just yeah when when it's when it's higher and when you know the tires did drop off quite dramatically i think when it got to the end of their tire life that was where oscar i think really struggled um so yeah he he's said it before earlier in the season as well that that tire degradation is something that he needs to work on and it will come with experience let's not forget he is a rookie um but yeah still a great result and as you say kind of I don't think he feels any pressure at all, to be honest with you. Even though Charles was, you know, a few seconds back, 
I don't think he's phased in the slightest. And he, he wasn't like in the post-race interview, it was very telling how he wasn't like, Oh my God, I've got a podium. It was, yeah, I've got a lot of work to do. You know, my race wasn't the best sort of stuff. So he's got the right mentality to, to push forward with, with his driving. Lando Norris now started third, finished second. Gone for a nine out of 10 for Lando. It's a very high nine, but he got beaten by his teammate in qualifying. I know it's a slim margin, um, but it's a very, very good good drive, but it's not perfect. So it can't be a, a 10, but it's it's really, really good. And it's a very high nine. Um, so gone for a nine out of 10. And I can ten. tell already that you've gone for a 10 <laughs> because uh, of your <laughs> shock. Uh, for audio yeah, listeners, my that. eyes went very wide. Uh, uh, almost yeah, like Charles Leclerc DNFing in Bahrain. But no, it's a very good, uh, a good drive from from Lando, and oh god, I really want to see him get that first win now because without Max Verstappen, he's already got it because he's driving superbly and uh, quite a few seconds now. But yep. that without first win, Michael Schumacher though, Rubens Barrichello's like a triple world champion. You know these things. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. My mother we had can't. wheels. Grandmother had wheels. Did a bit of bike. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I've gone for a 10 out of 10 for Lando Norris. Yeah, his qualifying wasn't great, but his race was so impressive that it kind of over, it outweighs uh, that getting pipped by, by Oscar uh, in qualifying. The, the fact that, as I mentioned with, with Oscar Piastri, he got blocked by Perez, losing a huge amount of time uh, under the VSC. Uh, I don't know what Sergio Perez was doing there. Like, I have no idea. Um, and then to, to catch up to Piastri, get past him. And by the time... When he did pass Oscar Piastri, sort of middle of the race, he only lost seven seconds to Max Verstappen after that, which I think is really, really good because I, without that VSC blocking and then that sort of moment of trying to get back through on Oscar Piastri, I don't think he finishes any further than 10, 12 seconds behind Max and then we're lauding him for an absolutely incredible drive. I still think it is, um, so I'm going to go with a whopping 10 out of 10. Well done, Lando. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? I know that I am constantly looking for F1 news, stalking Daniel Ricciardo's Twitter, looking for any clues that Ferrari's car is going to be better this season. We need all the help we can get. But if you're struggling to find that special something to spend your time on or have anxieties about not spending your time wisely, then therapy can be a great way to clarify what matters most to you. You can start with BetterHelp, the therapy service that prioritizes your time. You can book sessions around your schedule and with open conversations with your chosen therapist, you can decide how long or short you need your sessions to be. Finding what values are closest to you by starting on your own time and your own terms. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash p1pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash p1pod. Pierre Gasly started 12th, finished 10th gone for a 7 out of 10 for Pierre Gasly uh, he God, it all kicked off didn't it with old Pierre and, and Esteban um, so he out qualified Ocon uh, and then was let through by, by Esteban um, but he wasn't actually communicated that it was going to be a swap back if he couldn't get any further up the field i.e. passing Alonso 
And he was very, very frustrated at the end of the race, as we mentioned in our post-race podcast. I still think the frustration was a little bit over the top, but look, he's just had a Formula One race. I can't say I've ever done an F1 race or how I would feel emotionally if I had to give a position that I didn't feel I needed to give back uh, on the last lap. Um, but he seemed probably just as good, if not slightly better, than the knock-on this this weekend, and, and that's probably why he was so frustrated, because uh, he, he was let through by Ocon. So he was two seconds behind Ocon, then Ocon let him through, quite obviously, I, I can imagine, if he was two seconds back and then he was through. Um, and then Ocon was only 2.1 ahead of Gasly uh, when they got to the last lap. So I can understand the slight, you know, if he came over the radio and went, what the hell was that? I can't believe this. But my God, the the arm throwing was was quite quite dramatic. But uh, but Gasly still had a good race, 7 out of 10. Yeah, I've gone for a 7 out of 10 as well. Um, it was a good, good solid race. Uh, going a little bit more into, into the incident, uh, now I've seen a little bit more. Yeah, it does does seem like Ocon's got on the radio and gone. Uh, okay, offer the the place back at the end there, and his team have kind of gone. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll discuss it. He doesn't actually say yes, and then I, I I do get the frustration, and it seems like whatever camp you're on, if you're a Gasly stan or an Ocon stan, you're you're very much like, well, you see it from from that way because I've seen a lot of Gasly fans going well I can see why he was frustrated but I think his reaction is a little bit uh extreme uh, even if it is just a strange uh, maybe a little bit of a strange call from from Alpine one thing that's quite interesting is uh and I love I love a little bit of F1 Instagram spice is that uh, someone on his Instagram uh commented saying well done on the P9 and he liked it so um little bit oh, of oh uh, god <laughs> it's definitely not over oh it. he loves an instagram just something on there to, to tease it's the it subtle a yeah I, I love it when drivers do a subtle like just pop a like on something there just to let you know <laughs> that i'm annoyed about it but not you know not actually say anything yeah, yeah. exactly it's hilarious so yeah it. it's still a good drive from alpine it's it's where both drivers should be um they're not alpine aren't on the um the, the kind of in that Aston Martin, they're kind of below or around Aston Martin now. So you kind of expect them to be uh, in this kind of place battling for, for points in a race of attrition. And that's what they did. Esteban Ocon started 14th, finished 9th. Gone for a 7 out of 10 for Ocon as well. I think that it was actually not a lot between uh, the two drivers. Ocon had a very unusual strategy of pitting incredibly early uh, and quite a confusing race because sometimes you looked at the the um i think we looked at the the uh timing tower quite early on and went wait ocon has pitted and he's sixth but he was completely off strategy well, he pitted from... on lap one uh, he went from the yeah exactly to the hards on lap one to try and go go long so go long yeah. so um yeah he was kind of out of sync with everyone else but i think he he was similar pace to to gasly which i think is uh the kind of the trend of the season; those those two just seem to be uh, very evenly matched, indeed. I've gone for a six out of ten for Esteban Ocon, um, mainly because I think he was to blame for the whole incident that happened on on lap one, going into turn one. The squeeze that he did is just not something that I don't you should do on lap one and in a narrow track going down towards turn one. He just comes across, squeezes Bottas, who then goes into Albon, and the whole thing kicks off. So for me, I'm a little bit surprised that he actually got away with that just as a 
racing incident and, and nothing really being said about it because for me it was slightly careless uh, from Esteban. Uh, no disrespect to him, but it was it, it just it could have been avoided. There was plenty of room to his right, but he's trying to get as best a, a, a sort of run into turn one and turn two. And if you watch it back, I, I, he just comes across for for no no real reason. So. Uh, that's why I've demoted him a, a point. Otherwise, he would have probably got the same uh, as Gasly because, as you say, they were they were very very close. Um, what do you think, Tommy, about that? Have you have you looked at the incident in, in with much detail, and and do you have any thoughts on it? I've looked at it back. It's I don't think it's extreme, um, but I think it's just one of those things where a driver doesn't want to sacrifice too much of the uh, of, of going really on the inside line because I noticed the the incident ahead of them. Uh, Science is also quite far. Uh, far over but he I guess he doesn't uh, move like like Ocon does but it's one of those I think it's not it's not a flat out uh, mistake um, it's it's one of those difficult incidents that's hard to judge uh, I think the fact I think it says it all that it kind of happened twice in the field <laughs> that there's just drivers getting a bit uh, happy at the start knowing that this might be their only chance to make up a few places it's weird that he he uh, did that whole you know that that whole thing and then pitted like and sort of tried to gain from the, the safety <laughs> yeah. car that, that he kind of produced. Anyway, uh, I won't. I will say that I'm sure he didn't know that Albon was probably right on the edge, but still, um, I think moving like that's probably uh, not needed on lap one. Lewis Hamilton started seventh, finished fifth. I have gone for an eight out of ten. For Lewis Hamilton this weekend, that Mercedes was so bad in qualifying and yet still put three tenths on George in quali. He did have a bit of a clumsy race, I will admit, and that's why I'm not going to go any higher than an eight. He made a mistake at Degna 2, which then allowed for George to be all over the back of him. Um, but he was also carrying a bit of damage after that lap one um, incident, as you say, a little bit further ahead of where, where the whole Ocon uh, thing happened. So I still think it was a good good drive from Hamilton. Mercedes themselves admitted that there was a bit of minor damage, um, so to still finish ahead of George despite that is uh, is a good good drive, I think. Yeah, I've gone for an eight out of ten as well. Hamilton, uh, it's one of those those drives from Hamilton where certainly not not his best, um, not not an amazing drive, but just a a good result, and he's got the best out of the car that he could probably hope for, really. Um, and I think that kind of shows why he's uh where he is in the championship um for for a quite rubbish uh not rubbish mercedes but for a, for a mercedes that i think is not far and away the uh second best car by any means and sometimes drops um even further down than sometimes fourth or <laughs> fourth or fifth sometimes uh, i think him finishing third in the championship which i'm very confident about maybe even if perez keeps going on the way he is uh, second would surely be an absolutely not. unbelievable surely which surely not. can't be the case but if it does um i think he'd have had a very under and even still if he finishes third maybe a, quite an underrated um season and showing that you know when he does have a car that's capable of winning a championship that's why he's so so hard to beat because um he just he just bags all the points that he can so yeah good good drive george russell started eighth finished seventh Gone for a 7 out of 10 for George, uh, the slower of the Mercedes drivers, actually quite a long long way in qualifying, which was, was surprising, which is normally George's speciality. Um, and then hard to judge in the race because they had their, their little battle and then I think they kind of sacrificed George a little bit for um, 
with with the strategy just to kind of make well, sure that they weren't that. not sacrificing. It was, it, was, but... it was George that was asking for it. That's that's the difference. Oh, interesting. George George wanted to do something different to try and um, get higher up, I suppose. So probably get ahead of Hamilton without uh, uh, the risk of <laughs> them punting each other out. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a good, it's a, a decent result uh, in the end, if not if not spectacular. So I think it's a deserving seven out of ten. I've gone for a seven as well for George. Um, yeah, was it was I, I loved the fact that he was battling Lewis as much as Mercedes fans didn't enjoy that, and especially Team LH really didn't enjoy the fact George was uh, was getting involved um, mm, with with yeah. Lewis with some some elbows out. But um, yeah, it was it was a decent drive from George, uh, a good sort of comeback nerve settler after after Singapore, and uh, yeah, uh, picking up more points as Mercedes always do. Carlos Sainz started sixth, finished sixth. Gone for a seven out of ten for Carlos. Uh, he definitely was uh, the slower of the two uh, when you compare Leclerc uh, and himself. Um, looks quite racy at the end, which was which was good to see. And you know he was having to deal with his own tactics being used against him uh, from Singapore uh, to Japan and the uh, the DRS that that Lewis was trying to give George, but. Yeah, I think Carlos was quite happy with his race. Ferrari couldn't have really done a huge amount more. I believe you know, beating Lewis would have maybe res- uh, resulted in an, in an eight for Carlos. But yeah, seven from me. Gone for a seven as well for for Carlos. Pretty quiet uh, weekend for him, really, after the heroics of Singapore and also uh, Monza. Wasn't on uh, Charles's level. I think his strategy was very <laughs> questionable by Ferrari almost felt like they just forgot he was in the race and were like oh we've missed the boat here let's just go a little bit longer and hope he can race back at the end um so yeah a seven yeah because he Carlos. was I think he was four seconds ahead of Lewis Hamilton and came out eight behind like I, I don't really I think Ferrari must have made the they the missed the undercut they were undercut yeah and then we're like oh we're just Hamilton gonna have to next lap. yeah I think they did. I think they they basically were like, "Oh no, we've missed it. Let's just leave him out longer." And then it. That's the thing. Mm. I think they probably just looked at it on their computer and went, "Ah, there's about a second give or take between us coming out ahead of Hamilton or not. And if we have a slow pit stop, which we absolutely aren't known for, then we may <laughs> as well take fresher tires at the end and go on the attack." So yeah, maybe. perhaps that was their thinking. But either or, I think they should have got pit the next lap after Leclerc, but they did not. Uh, Charles Leclerc now started fourth. Finished fourth. Gone for an eight out of ten for Charles Leclerc. It's, <laughs> you it's sound a high so eight. Oh, I'm so uncertain because no, I'll go for a nine. I, I think he's got. I think he's got the most out of a car. It does I don't think he was on par with with the the car was on par with the McLarens, and he's comfortably qualified and finished ahead of of the cars around him that that he was. I think he got the best out of. No, it's an eight. Sorry, I'm sorry, video editor. I'm doing this now. Uh, eight out of ten. Uh, it's a good. It's a. It's a much more um, result that that we expect. And I think he's done a done a really good job. But maybe it's more of a, a nine if he's on the the podium and beats Oscar. So there we go. Well, I went. <laughs> I went for an eight out of ten. So I mean, you you must have for some reason become a, a Charles Leclerc stan with that nine out of ten. Um, he finished what seven six seven seconds ahead of Carlos in the end, and Carlos of course had that uh, unfortunate time behind the Mercedes so I don't think Charles was the quicker driver but he wasn't gargantuanly quicker uh, than Carlos for them to have more than one point between them in my opinion so 
Eight out of ten for Charles. Good to see that he, you know, was good in qualifying. One tenth difference, and maybe his whole race changes, and he's fighting the McLarens or at least Oscar, perhaps, uh, and and for that podium. But didn't happen. And uh, yeah, still happy though uh, from from me. I'm I'm happy that, that he had a good good weekend. Sergio Perez started fifth, finished DNF. I have gone for <laughs> one out of ten. Sergio Perez, absolutely abysmal. So he was eight tenths off Max in quali. You think, oh, on paper, started fifth. That's not too bad. Eight tenths off Max in quali. He overtook a car before getting into the pit lane whilst the safety car was out. So he got a penalty for that. Um, he flies out the pits and overtakes cars on the pit exit and then decides to give, the, give it back, which I thought was strange in itself. He blocked Lando Norris during a virtual safety car. He yeets Magnussen out of the race and I'm not going to say that he go, comes back into the race because that wasn't illegal. But that, there's enough there for a driver in a car that should absolutely categorically be second and finishing second. It is uh, an abysmal weekend for Sergio. I don't think there's much more I need to say. It is a one out of 10. Yeah, I've gone for a one out of 10 as well. Uh, I really didn't think that it could get worse than Monaco. I can't remember actually what grade I gave him in Monaco, but I think it was probably a one out of 10 as well. Littered with errors, um, you know, managed to DNF twice in a race is quite the achievement, but not a good one. Uh, and for it to happen, I think it's really em em embarrassing, really, that it's happened on a on a weekend where Red Bull have sealed the Constructors' Championship because it... Um, you know, a lot of people obviously making jokes uh, about oh, Perez is the guy in the, the group chat that writes their name on the, the work at the end and hasn't done anything, forgetting that he's won, you know, won two races there's this so season. Many and there's so and, many memes. And you can't really blame the memes because it is so bad. And it's just really bad uh, timing that it now puts him under pressure. Uh, you do wonder. Christian Horner going, no, Perez's seat is safe. Perez, if he if he has a race like this for the rest of the season, you do wonder, because um, Christian Horner has said before, um, I think it was Gasly being like, don't worry, Gasly's seat is safe, and then they replaced him at the next race. So um, I don't think they'll do it this year because they want him to get P2 in the title and have that 1-2 in, in the title, but you do wonder if this keeps going on, whether that 2024 seat, might not be so locked in. I mean, it's absolutely outrageous that Lewis Hamilton has a chance of potentially getting second in the championship, Shouldn't be considering the, the difference in performance of car between that Red Bull and that Mercedes this year. Now, don't get me wrong. Max Verstappen has a driving style that is that suits the car and he is getting the most out of it. Sergio Perez absolutely is not. But there, there can't be that big of a chasm. Like the whole point of Formula One drivers and the, the best of the Formula One drivers out there is the adaptability and driving around a car that perhaps isn't to your liking. It doesn't have, you don't have to be a Jensen Button to, uh, you know, you might get a, a win or a world championship, but you won't get any more than that if you are just one particular driving style. And if your car's good, then you're, you're great. Um, so yeah, unfortunate for Sergio Perez. Max Verstappen finally started first, finished first. <laughs> gone for a 10 out of 10 for max of course <gasps> shocking uh, Sorry. 
not so going to do my usual and say, well, what more is there to say? Because I'm actually going to gas them up this time and call me a fanboy Pop if off. you want. Come but, on, do it. No, um, do it. I a lot of think... people are like, oh, is Tommy even a Max fan? Because he's celebrating <laughs> him going out of Q2 in Singapore. I know. Um, I think the fact that he's come back after uh, a weekend where Red Bull weren't that, uh, all that, uh, dominated the way he was. His qualifying lap was exceptional. Of course, he's got a car that's very good, but his t- he's put seven tenths on his teammate and his teammate's not even on the front row with him. So it's not that far clear of the field. Um, it's an unbelievable qualifying lap. And in the race, he was just completely, um, completely dominant. Uh, and I think, if anything, the race that Sergio Perez had um, shows just how impressive... Max's 10 wins in a row was because Sergio's made more mistakes in one race than Max has made this whole season uh, and shows for the last two years (laughs) yeah pretty much um just shows that yes he's in a very good car but it doesn't drive itself uh and Max is going to end the season with an unbelievable tally probably going to double his teammates points tally uh and have a record number of wins points everything and um yeah it was just a sensational drive um so much that it's just become the norm but it was maybe even his best drive of the year it's just gone completely under the radar because we just expect him to do it and that just shows how good he is i know what you're doing what you uh you heard that he doesn't like podcasts so you thought you'd just <laughs> Off <laughs> I didn't even about think about him that, and then clip it up and send it over to him and be like, hey, Max. Oh, I'm sure he's listening. I bet you love podcasts now. <laughs> I've also gone for a 10 out of 10 for Max Verstappen. Unbelievable qualifying. That lap was absolutely sensational uh, from Max. Um, and then in the race, of course, nearly got overtaken into turn one. Didn't. We all knew that it was probably going to be inevitable anyway, and it was. Um, yeah. I just get sick and tired of people commenting about dominance and whatnot. And it's like the car, as you say, a very good way of saying it is that the cars aren't autopilot. The drivers are human. And yet for Max to do what he's done this year and in this race is, is simply stunning. The way that he just immediately out the blocks, we knew it was going to be a Max Verstappen revenge tour. And my God, did he deliver? He just dominated every single part of the weekend. And what is scary for Sebastian Vettel fans, who, of course, we saw at the Japanese Grand Prix, if he wins every single race from here to the end of the season, he will surpass Sebastian Vettel's race win tally. Go figure. And that's unbelievable for the the amount of time that he's had a, a dominant car. Uh, you know, you can argue that it's really only been this year that's been leaps ahead of the, the field. Um and then even then, his teammate might not even finish second in the title. So there we go. There we go indeed. Finally, who is our P1? It's going to be Max Verstappen. It has to be Max Verstappen. Uh, that qualifying lap was uh, going to go down in the history books, I think, for, for how he drove it. And he deserves P1 this week uh, after bouncing back from Singapore. Yep. He's the only guy I've given a 10 out of 10 for. And um, yeah, like I like I mentioned earlier, I think it might even be his best drive of the year. So uh, definitely match Verstappen for P1. Okay, that is it. 
Our F1 driver ratings for the Japanese Grand Prix are done and dusted. Thank you, everybody, for firstly uh, supporting our new Patreon. Uh, thank you to all the supporters there. Uh, I hope you're enjoying all the new, lovely, beautiful, exclusive content that we've got coming. Uh, we've got some lots of exciting conversations going on about live shows, and you can get early access to them if you join our Patreon. And uh, we've got lots more content coming up your way as well. Daniel Ricciardo, we've got a video with him coming out this week, which I'm very excited to release, as well as lots of other Formula One waffle, which I'm sure you will really <laughs> enjoy. Tommy, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts, actually, you mentioned the the Patreon. I need to now... Um, become an encyclopedia about uh, the infamous 2005 US Grand Prix because that's what our patrons want to want to hear all about. So um, we'll be doing a deep dive uh, into that in our our little classic podcast series, which I'm looking short forward for you back to. to the past. Mm. And definitely didn't forget the name of it, did you? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and on that note, thank you, everybody. We'll see you very soon. Lots of love and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh, you waved now. Yeah, you waved. Finally, yeah, audio over, listeners. He waved now. I'm over. He's it. waving. I'm double-handed waving though, because I'm nicer than Tommy. He's only single-handed now. He's double-handed waving. Goodbye. What the hell was that? <laughs> P1 is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.